understand the agricultural process. I just pushed my shopping cart and picked up fruits and vegetables, right? But now that I'm living here, I see it's hard work and it takes time. And so God gave us this picture in the New Testament of farming on how he wants us to approach, on how he wants us to engage, on how he wants us to relate to not yet believers living in our community and in our world. Now, this morning, we're going to focus on our local, quote-unquote, foreign fields. Now, let me define foreign. Foreign in relation to a different language and a different culture. In other words, people living in our community whose primary language is not English and whose primary culture is not American. So let's take Warsaw Community Schools as an example. They have 29 different languages, K through 12, that are spoken in the homes of Warsaw students. In other words, from K through 12, in the homes of these students, English is not spoken but 29 different languages are spoken. So I call that the world on our doorstep. So what does this have to do with you and me and our church? When someone comes into a personal relationship with God by faith, at that time, at that, at that moment of what is called born again or spiritual birth or, or rebirth or the big theological word regeneration, Reg told us that that at that moment, 40 things take place simultaneously when we come to Christ. And one of those 40 things is that you are commissioned to be on a mission. What is the mission that we have been commissioned to be on? Well, it's found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the book of Acts. And when we put all four, five of those books together, it's called the Great Commission. And that's Matthew's version of what we call the Great Commission. Now, some of you may be thinking, okay, Jay, I hear you. I, I get it. But God has not called me to be a missionary over there. <clears throat> U.S. passport, shots, plane fare. Okay, I hear you as you are hearing me. Maybe God has not called you uh, to go over there, but God has called the nations to be here. And every one of us, every single one of us in this seed bag of an auditorium, all of us are seed, we have been called by God to be a seed planting farmer into the soil of those people who have come into our community speaking a different language and from a different culture. I was born and raised, <clears throat> as I said, in Los Angeles, so I, I was born and raised with linguistic language and, and cultural diversity, and we moved here. God uprooted us in 1991, and then he planted us into Winona Lake in Warsaw, summer of 1991, and the nearest Mexican restaurant at that time was in Fort Wayne. Ah! We had to eat Mexican food every week or we broke out with the hives. We were in bad shape. Now, this morning, I want to be as practical as I can. All the weeks leading up to this, we have laid the, the, the biblical and the theological foundation of gospel seeds. Today, I want to be as practical as I can and, and give you suggestions on how to do this. So, 
Everybody has to have a bulletin because there are three handouts in your bulletin. Does, does anybody need a bulletin? Because you're going to need this to, to follow along. Keep your hands up. Handout number one <clears throat> is entitled, How to Begin a Conversation with an International. Someone has a different shade of melanin than you, a, a different hair color. They don't speak English very well. Um, they're, they're from a different culture. How do you begin a conversation with internationals? And then number two, the second handout is how to adopt an ethnic restaurant. And then you've got a powerful tool in your hands, and it's a language card. So let's begin with the handout entitled How to Begin a Conversation with an International. By the way, Reg, <clears throat> standing here at this lectern, has said several times this is the topic today that he was most looking forward to because our pastor has a heart for the lost, both locally and globally. So look at the subtitle <clears throat> to how to begin a conversation with, a, with an international. The subtitle is called Breaking the Sound Barrier. You see, in front of us, <clears throat> all of us, we have a barrier. It could be a barrier of fear, a barrier of um, prejudice, it could be a barrier of inferiorities and insecurities, a barrier of personality, and, and, and what we do is we allow those barriers to hold us back, but what we need to do is take the sound of our voice and just smash through those barriers. And so I call that breaking the sound barrier. Now, as you can see, there are a lot of numbers on your handout. The numbers are sequential, the numbers are practical, the numbers are suggestions. Now, reading a bunch of numbered items can be a little redundant. One, two, three, four, right? But remember, today is a how-to day based upon what has been presented in the previous weeks. So this is practical, but in your hands is a tool that is a threat to the kingdom of darkness. Now, some of you may <clears throat> look at a step and respond, well, duh, that's obvious. Well, that's a great response because we want this to be obvious and practical. So, you don't have to do all 17, but you do have 17 options. So, we're going to go over these quickly. Let's begin with the paragraph at the top of the page. Follow along as I read. One way <clears throat> to identify someone from another country is by their accent. I sometimes preface the following questions with this statement. I'll say, wow, I, I, I hear an accent and it sounds so good to my ears. It sounds so wonderful to my ears. Now, they, they may feel a little insecure because they know that their English doesn't sound like a native born. They do speak with an accent. Or they, they actually may feel a little ashamed because they sound different than someone who was born and raised here in the United States. So, so what you're doing with this approach is you're complimenting them. You're saying, I like your accent. At times, I will continue what I call this accent approach by saying, I'm limited. I can only speak English through the mouth of a native born. You speak it in a, such a cool way, I like it. Now, let me give you an example. Do you like a British brogue or someone from Australia? Man, I could listen to a, a Brit or an Aussie. What a cool accent. That's the example. So let's go to question number one. May I ask you a question? Why would I start off asking them if I can ask a question? Because it's being respectful. You're asking permission. 
I have never heard a no. And I've been doing this for decades. When I do the paragraph above and then I say, may I ask you a question? Every single time, the answer is yes. Number two, what is your name? Now, if their name contains sounds not familiar to you and sounds that it's really hard for your mouth to make, just practice right in front of them. And you're going to botch it up and they're going to laugh and you can laugh. And, and just keep repeating it until you almost get it right. Now, when I was the Asia director for Encompass World Partners, in Cambodia, we, one of our leaders, let me spell his first name, it was B-E-N-G. So it ended with N-G. Well, we have, a, we have a word that ends with N-G, and it's the word long, L-O-N-G. His name was B-E-N-G. Now, I, I, I want, this is English, okay? I want you to say long out, out loud, and I want you to be mindful of where your tongue is in relation to the, your, your, the top of your mouth. Okay, go ahead, just out loud. Long, long. That NG, the back of your tongue has got to be touching the roof of your mouth to get the NG sound. Do it again, say it again. Long. long. You hear, you see it? Long. That, <clears throat> so, bing, bing. And then, so it's B-E-N-G. His last name was N-G, O-U-N. So it was N-G-N-G. We don't, I can't do that N-G sound. So bang-yun. And he always laughed because I was always messing it up. And then respond with your name. Give them your name. When I'm talking to people who speak Spanish, I'll say, they'll say, my name is J-Bell. Now, J in Spanish is Jota. And bell in Spanish is campana. Now, jota campana is just silly talk. It doesn't mean anything. It's crazy. It's just, and they just say, stand there and laugh. And I say, yeah, um, <clears throat> my name is jota campana. And they just crack up, but it sticks because it's so silly. Number three, where were you born? If you don't know the name of the country, ask them where it's located. You're just showing interest. Number four, how long have you been in America? I've heard years, months, weeks, and I've had, I've even heard number of days that they have been in America. Now, numbers five, six, and seven is going to speak to their heart. What family members are back in your country? Listen, men and women, people that are coming into our community, some of them are coming from very, from very difficult situations politically or, or spiritually. And they're, they're seeking refuge here, and they still have family back there. So when you inquire, uh, do you have family members back in your country, you're, you're, really, you're really touching their heart. Number six, how often do you communicate with them? Number seven, how are they doing? You are touching them. Now, numbers eight through 11 <clears throat> is showing interest in them personally. Are you married? What is the name of your spouse? Do you have any children? What are their ages? I love number 12. When I ask number 12, how many languages do you speak? A number of people that are coming into our community speak more than one language. Some of them will speak two or three different languages, especially people coming in from the country of India. And, this is, and they'll say, oh, I speak three languages. And I always say this. I'll say, then I think you're three times smarter than me. And they go, no, 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 no. 
No, they, 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 I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And they go, no, 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 no. I said, I can prove it. You speak three languages. I speak one language, and I don't even speak it very good. <laughs> right? Number 13, what are some differences between your country and America? Freedom, finances, opportunities, medicine. My wife and I, Jan, we've spent gobs and gobs of time, years in Cambodian villages. They don't even have aspirin in Cambodian villages. Number 14, what has been the biggest adjustment since arriving in the U.S.? In Cambodia, men hold hands with men. It's a sign of friendship. But men cannot, a, a husband cannot hold his wife's hand in public. There's no PDA, public display of affection, between husbands and wives culturally. But women hold hands with women, and men hold hands with men. And so when they come to America, that is a big, big difference. And when we go into, into the Cambodian culture, we have to stop touching each other, uh, marrieds, because that violates their culture. And so, so you're asking them, you know, what are some of the differences between your country and America? What has been the biggest adjustment since arriving in the U.S.? Uh, number 15, have you experienced any prejudice? If they say yes, I want them to tell me, would you, would you be willing to tell me what you've heard or experienced? Because that gives me an opportunity to say, I am so sorry. That does not represent me, and it doesn't represent Christians in this country. I am so sorry you've experienced that. Number 16, what needs do you have? Here is the number one answer. Learn English. Well, duh. They're here, and they need to learn English. And this takes us to one of our goals for 2022 that Reg went over last Sunday. And, and goal number 25 is develop a plan for ENL classes and citizenship classes as bridges to the nations among us. Now, this used to be called ESL, English as a, what would the S stand for? Second language, right? But if someone is coming in and they already speak two or three languages, they're not going to be learning a second language. So we call it ENL, English as a new language to the ones you already speak. If you are interested in learning how to be a blessing by helping people learn basic English, nouns, and verbs, we want to start an ENL ministry here. Reg and I have already been across the street at Washington School talking with them. We would love to be a blessing to the nations that God is bringing in and planting into our soil here in our community by helping them learn English. And then number 17. Look at number 17. Has anyone ever said the words to you, welcome to America? I've been doing this for decades, and only two times have I heard yes. Every time they say no, no one's welcomed me here. And then I will take their hand if appropriate, 
I will look at them in the eye. I'll put a smile on my face, the love of Jesus radiating through my eyes, and I will say, then it gives me the joy. It gives me the honor. I'm the first one to say to you, welcome to America. I've had people thank me. I've had people hug me, kiss me, and cry. Why? Because nobody does this. I was demonstrating this in Moody Bible Institute in a class, and I, I asked the students, I said, are there any internationals here? And one guy raised his hand, and I walked up to him. And I said, how long have you been in the United States? He said, I just arrived. I'm a freshman. I said, well, so you're brand new? He said, yes. And I said, then it gives me the honor and the privilege and the joy. I took his hands, and I said, I want to welcome you to America, and the guy started crying. It touches their hearts. Now, inside the bulletin, you have a language card. I'd like for you to take it out. It's inside my wallet. On one side is Spanish. On the other side is the main, the predominant language of the country of India called Hindi. So let's go to the Spanish side. You can greet someone in Spanish by saying, by the way, that first word, how's that pronounced, by the way? Well, there's an H there. You don't say hola. You say hola, so the H is silent. Hola, como esta? Say that with me. Hola, como esta? Hello, how are you? It is so cool, men and women, because nobody does this. Nobody. Just go to the box stores on the weekend and, 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 just, and just greet. They put a smile on their face, they just, and they'll, they'll pump your hand, and, and they will thank you. Now, on the back side is Namaste Kaiseho in, from India. So it's Namaste, Namaste, Kaiseho, Namaste, Kaiseho. So why don't we all say that? Namaste, Kaiseho. Now, let me show you how this works. By the way, I have another language card, but it's not as pretty as the one that Alex made for us. It's right here. It says, Mange Ra'al. That's, hello, how are you in the Moan language, the sushi chefs at Kroger's. So whenever I'm pushing my shopping cart by, I go, Mange Ra'al, and they just crack up laughing. Because out of the mouth of this white guy is their language. You see, their heart language bypasses the brain. That goes to the ears, bypasses the brain, and goes straight to their heart. Because that's their mother tongue. That's their native language. So we want to give you those language cards. So let me tell you how Namaste works. Last summer, I pulled up in front of Lakeland, the secondary campus. It's summertime. Nobody was there. But there were five guys standing there, and they had darker shades of melanin, and they were tall, and they had black hair. So I walked up to them, and I just went, Namaste, Kaiseho. And they all busted up laughing. And I said, you, in, in a million years, you would not expect some guy, white guy in Winona Lake, to walk up and talk to you in Hindi. And they said, you're right. And so we started laughing and talking, and I said, what can I help you with? They said, we're cricket players, and we have to drive to Chicago. It's the nearest cricket field, and it's a long ways. And we noticed that you have a lot of land back there, 
and we were wondering if we could rent some of your land and start a cricket course. So that began the conversation. I live next door to Lakeland in Lexington Manor on the last cul-de-sac, and I'm out on my deck, and at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock in the afternoon, I just hear cheers coming from the cricket field. They now play cricket in our community, and it all started with namaste, kaise ho. So practical. Breaking the sound barrier. Well, let's go to the other um, handout, how to adopt an ethnic restaurant. This uh, restaurant strategy actually um, started in, I started it in Long Beach, California when I was on staff at the Long Beach Grace Brethren Church. I was the college pastor and I had five part-time staff positions underneath me in, in our college ministry. And we had our staff meetings every Monday morning in a local restaurant. And the, the, the girl, the lady who worked there was named Venus and she, she was in her own orbit. <clears throat> She was a single mom, and she had a toddler. So every Monday, we'd come in, and we're laughing and talking and high-fiving and messing around and joking and smiling and talking with Venus, and, and we would do this Monday after Monday after Monday, and, and she, she would occasionally ask, you know, what's with you guys? Who are you guys anyway? And we'd always uh, redirect the conversation. Uh, we, it's, it, we should take our time when it comes to bridging into the lives of people, so we'd redirect. Well, one one Sunday night, a powerful earthquake hit. I mean, it just rattled us. The next morning, we walked in, and we're smiling and brightening, and she walked up to us. She said, no way. What's with you guys? Who are you? You come in here? I said, I was scared last night, and my toddler's crying. I'm home alone. I'm a single mom, and you guys walk in as if nothing happened. Who are you? I said, Venus, it's not that big a deal. It's not that big a deal as to who we are. She said, I'll tell you what, I'm not, you're not going to get any food this morning unless you tell me who you are. I said, Venus, it's not that big a deal. She goes, you guys are government, aren't you? <laughs> FBI? And you can't tell me. CIA? NSA? I said, okay, Venus, we're not, we're not those three letters, but we are GBC. She said, GBC? What's that? I said, Grace Brethren Church. She just, she goes, you guys are church guys? I said, well, we're more than church guys. We actually work at the church. We're called pastors. And she said, oh, blank. I knew there was something different about you guys. And that started the conversation. God talks. Now we're bridging into her life spiritually, and Venus came to know Christ as her Savior. So here are some steps, introductory steps. Choose an ethnic restaurant. Number two, ask God to lead you to others in the church, singles or families who would join you in launching this cross-cultural mission effort. Number three, ask God to put together, and to look at this, a missionary team, singles and families who adopt a restaurant, form a team to venture into this new mission field. Because when you walk into an ethnic restaurant, you're walking into a different language. You're walking into a different culture. That's why it's called ethnic food, and we love their food. That's what this map is all about, community grace mission field. 
what we want to do is we want to form mission teams that adopt the various ethnic restaurants in our community. And then we want to take a picture of these restaurants and put the picture here on this map that will be out in the hallway. And this is going to be our international mission, cross-cultural, different language, different culture mission field in terms of the restaurants in our community. Number four, in your heart, before the Lord and before your church, adopt the restaurant as your international mission field. Number six, ask your church to commission, just like we did with Mike and Myra this morning. Number six, you can begin to pray for the workers before you ever go. Number seven, go and enjoy the food. That's why we like ethnic food. Number eight, allow the the love of Jesus to radiate through your smile and eyes. I've talked to a ton of servers, and a server can size up the people before a word is ever said. The server walks up to the table, and the server can read the face and read the body language before anything is said. And, and so, in your heart, ask your church to form a team, go enjoy the food. Number eight, allow the love of Jesus to radiate through your smile and, 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 and through your eyes. So, so the server walks up, and before you ever say anything, or, sh or she or he says anything, you're just smiling <laughs> at them, right? It communicates. Number nine, ask the server his or her name and how to correct it, correctly, correctly pronounce it. You use their name throughout the meal. I was with a group of pastors in a Chinese restaurant in Roanoke, Virginia, and the server came up, and, and I knew she was new in America because I said, hello. They have a hard time with their L's because they don't have an L sound in there. So they, she said, hello, and then she went like this. And I went, oh, man. She, ah, that was a giveaway because that's their culture, very respectful culture. And I said, how are you? And she turned around and ran. <laughs> And so the manager came up and he said, is there a problem here? And I said, uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I said, we greeted our server and we said, how are you? And he said, why did you ask that? I said, because we would like to know how she is. That's why. He said, nobody does that. We didn't teach her those words. They only taught her restaurantese. I said, by the way, it, where is she from? He said, she's from mainland China. I said, how long has she been in the United States? Two weeks. Two weeks. Mainland China. Wow. She came back, and we had a wonderful time with her. Number 10, tell your server your name. Nobody does this. Nobody introduces themselves by name. Number 11, compliment them for doing a good job. Thank them for serving you, for waiting on you. Again, nobody does this. We just go there for the food and the function. The server is, we don't even, you know, they, they're there just to, to, to meet our needs, serve us. But you're in the presence, in an ethnic restaurant, you're in the presence of someone from a different culture and a different language and a different religion. It's a mission field. Number 12, leave a good tip but not a track. Don't leave a track for this reason. A lot of Christians leave a track and a lousy tip. A lot of Christians leave a track and no tip. 
Tracks have a bad name among servers. You are the track. You're the gospel track. Leave a good tip. Because you've adopted this restaurant and you're going to go back. Pray for your server at home. Go back to number 14. Go back to your adopted restaurant. Uh, when you walk in, greet the server by name. Well, how, how, how can you remember? Well, write it down or put it into your phone. And, and you're walking in, you're looking at the name. You're practicing. Nobody does this. So, so you walk in, and, and instead of going to the booth or the table, walk up to the server and just greet the server. Number 16, ask friendly questions based upon the previous how to begin a conversation with an international. This is number 17. It's really cool. Ask the server to be, because this is your adopted mission field, so you're going back. Ask the server to begin to teach you words in their language. Ask them how to teach you, how to say hello and how are you, <clears throat> or even verbs on, on how to begin to order in their language. And so you say, I want a verb, and then you can do the nouns, and you're just blessing their socks off. You're bridging right into their hearts. You're acknowledging them. You're valuing them. You're saying you have worth. You're not, you're not just a server. You're a person, and I want to know more about you, and I'm willing to learn your language. Number 19, begin to introduce God talk. When you're in an ethnic restaurant, you will never be offensive talking spiritually. Only in the West, only in Europe and in, in North America do we separate life from spirituality. But when you go into the Hindu world, the Buddhist world, the Muslim world, the Sikh world, life is spirituality. In, in fact, they're very confused why Westerners don't talk religion or spiritual stuff because we separated the stupid separation of church and state, right? So when you go in, if you start God talk and you start talking spiritually, you're not going to be offending them. In fact, if anything, you're going to be, they're going to feel very comfortable with that. I've got so many stories. We've got to go on. Number 21, in God's time, ask your server for prayer requests, perhaps for family needs back home. Network families who have adopted the same restaurant, you'll know more about that as I conclude. Mobilize other families to pray for the servers. And, and then ask the server, do you have any friend or friends or family who would like to have help learning English? Because we want to start teaching English here. All right, four things are going to begin to happen. Number one, you will be conspicuous. You are going to stick out. Why? Why are you going to be conspicuous? Why are you going to stand out and stick out? Because nobody does this. No, nobody does this. So you're going to be conspicuous. Number two, you will be talked about by the restaurant employees. We've watched it. We've watched it in action. We, we walk in, and they will be, look at us, and then they just start talking, and Jan and I just crack up laughing because we're loving on them. We're different. We're conspicuous. Number three, you will be on mission. And number four, you will be a spiritual threat. Let me give you some spiritual suggestions. As you build the relationship over time, listen for hints of problems discouragements, fears, disappointments, 
in order to begin to plant good biblical seeds that we've been talking about for the last four weeks. Number two, if he or she is from a non-Christian family, this is a really cool question. Ask if they know any Christians back home. Number three, ask if they've met any Christians here in the United States and ask them what is your impression of people who call themselves Christians. Number four, ask if they've ever read a portion of the Bible or inquire if they have a Bible. Um, Number seven, invite him or her to read the Bible with you. Just share a verse. Have you, ever, have you ever seen the Christian book? It's called the Bible. And they'll go, no. Can I, can I show you the book? Yeah. So the next time you go in, you show them the book. This is our book. And then maybe later on, you can open the book. Go slow. Go slow. And maybe show them John 3.16. Number eight, rem- remember to present the man before the plan. Gospel tracts are designed to share the plan of salvation. They don't know the man of salvation. Many people in our community have never even heard the name of Jesus. Uh, Jan and I, when the Thai restaurant opened, the Thai are one of the most resistant, unreached people groups in the world. And when the Thai restaurant opened on Winona Avenue, man, Jan and I were there. And And we asked the two servers, are you from Thailand? Yes. Where do you live in Thailand? Oh, Bang- we live in um, Bangkok. I said, oh, we've been there many, many times. Big city. Do you know a person named Yesu, Jesus, Jesus? And they said, no. Does he eat here? Wow. Okay, it's time for a food fight. You ready? We're going to have a food fight. Here we go. If you like ethnic food, let me see your hands. Raise your hands. Whoa, yeah. Look at that. Okay, if you like ethnic food, that's your, you're raising your hands. Okay, now, this is what I want you to do. Take a card. If you've already, if you already filled out a card, take that card. If you haven't filled out a card, you've got to take a card. This is it. We're going to be talking about this. This is strategy now. We're going to begin to turn ourselves inside out. Take a card, write your name. If you haven't done it already, write your name on the card. And I want you to write favorite, F-A-V-O-R-I-T-E, I think. Write favorite. And if you have a favorite ethnic restaurant here in our community, write the name of that restaurant. Name, favorite, name of restaurant. If you don't know the name of your favorite restaurant, then write a description. It's on Winona Avenue, it's whatever. Write a description. And then I want you to write second favorite. If you have a second favorite ethnic restaurant. Okay? Taco Bell is not an ethnic restaurant, folks. Here is the goal. We want to put together ethnic restaurant mission teams. For example, let's say that five families like El Camol on Winona Avenue. 
we could commission those five families at El Camol. That's their, that's their mission field. Five families. That's a mission team. And the team can start talking amongst themselves, encouraging each other, maybe once a month get together and pray, just like Encompass World Partners. I was the Asia director. I had teams in Japan, the Philippines, Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, and now we want to form ethnic restaurant mission teams right from our congregation. How about Bami, the new Indian restaurant on Winona Avenue, on the tracks there? They're, they're, not, they're not Hindus. They're from India, but they're not Hindus. They're Sikhs. Sikh religion. Those are the guys that wear the turbans. And I went in there, and they just started on me. They were trying to convert me to Sikhism. It was really cool. I told them, good for you. You should try. If you believe it's true, then you owe me to try to become a Sikh. I said, I'm a Christian. And so, yeah, just so maybe, maybe we could have a, 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 a balmy restaurant team or a Thai restaurant team. You've heard this for weeks now. We want to turn ourselves inside out into our community, and we want to present these, these teams. Um, later on, <clears throat> how many of you go to a uh, nail salon? Let me, let me see your hands. Anybody? You know who works in the nail salons? What, what nationality? The Vietnamese. They've got the whole industry nailed down. Every nail salon, I've, I've been to every one. Every nail salon in our community has Vietnamese. And so maybe we can gather together the people that go to the nail salons and we can start a nail salon ministry. Vietnam. It's a Buddhist country. That we were involved in Vietnam, right? I, I lived there for three years. Wow. Okay, what I want you to do is pass your cards to the aisles now. Pass it down the row, and we're going to be picking these cards up. Okay, pass them down if you've got them filled out. <laughs> Reg, he uh, texted me this morning. He said, I'm praying for you, man. <laughs> he is so anxious to see God develop these mission teams in our church to reach out to the different languages and cultures of our community. He is really pumped on this. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Every one of us, every one of us is an immigrant. Every one of us. You were born, for those of you who were born in America, you were born in America for one reason. Someone in your family came to this country. Someone came from somewhere at some time for some reason. And you were born here. And so, Lord, I pray that you would give us 
compassion and love for the languages and the cultures that you are bringing into our community. Thank you, Lord. I wonder if our relatives sometime in history when they stepped off the boat, maybe at Ellis Island, I wonder if they were greeted with welcome to America. Probably not. They didn't understand English. And so, Lord, um, turn us inside out. Lord, you don't need a translator. You hear all 6,500 languages on this earth simultaneously. You are so awesome. Our God reigns over the creation of his nations, and it's in your name I pray. Amen.